Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Chuck plays in a cup. Jake plays in a challenge. And that is time and round. Chuck, how are we doing, buddy, friend? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I didn't know you were going to do that one. That's funny. Um, I always keep those a secret to you. <laughs> well, yeah. at least 95% of the time, I guess. <laughs> uh yeah i'm doing good uh got through the week of cups and challenges the weekend uh so had a lot of pokemon card game playing at the mm-hmm. for for labor day week so uh didn't... i guess that's true you played in a more than just a cup you played in challenge and and more uh yeah so uh wednesday was a challenge friday a cup and sunday cup uh, I skipped the Saturday. There was another cup on Saturday that was potentially a go-to, but uh, I skipped it uh, because the Friday cup was late. I was tired, and the Saturday cup was a little bit of a drive up past Detroit. Mm. Well, on the north side of Detroit. Uh, right. And uh, my my significant other Laura was out of town too. So I was worried about the dogs and everything. So I just uh, didn't, didn't skip it. So hundred percent understandable. Um, um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about your run. So, I mean, obviously you played in a few tournaments here. Uh, so yeah. hopefully it was successful. Uh, tell the audience how you did. Uh, hit or miss. Uh, uh, did well in the challenge. Took first place on that. So one of six down. Um, uh, Chen Pao was the deck of choice for that. Uh, Chen packs Gen uh, with Bax caliber, right. um, went smooth. Uh, deck went well. Uh, bricked hard one game. Uh, where, where uh, this the string of events was just hilarious after playing the match because uh, I started with Greninja only. Um, it was a mirror match, so mm-hmm. it was Greninja only on the bench. Uh, I had went first, had energy in hand. And uh, the only other cards that I could play um, was an Irida and a Research, but I had to obviously wait to the next turn and a Poke Correct. Stop. So I bent, I, I threw the Poke Stop. Well, I concealed cards, got two more dead cards. Um, I think I, I think I got two more energy. Legitimately, <laughs> just concealed cards got two energy. Cards. Who needs Chen Pao? You can just get energy off Greninja. Yeah, for real. Uh, so I didn't know. Uh, Greninja could shivery chill. Um, put I decide I was like, well, I got to spin the stop, even though I was like, there's so many bad things I could hit, uh, which happened because I think I hit a basic mon off of the Pokestop, but no ball search. Mm-hmm. Like, I could I, even BIP pass was good this time, but no ball search. Uh, so I had the pat, I had just attached to Greninja and passed, which didn't look good. Uh, other person set up, did their thing. Uh, you know, everything was good. Next turn, I sat there and I was like, all right, well, I concealed cards again, got two more, nothing, good cards. Um, and then uh, I stood there and looked at my hand. And I was like, do I just Irida and guarantee a Pokemon? But the rest of my hand was dead. Like, I Irida, I get a Pokemon and an item card, which will probably be another Nest Ball to get another Pokemon. But then... I don't draw cards or do anything else besides that. Right. Um, so I was like, 
I'm just gonna research. I was like, I get, I gotta hit seven new cards. I gotta hit something. Research. Now another seven dead cards. No ball search. No Pokemon. Spin the Pokestop. I hit two Pokemon and not a ball search. So I think I calculated. I saw like twenty cards of my deck, and in the order that I did them in, I got no ball search and no Pokemon. So, and then I lost Yikes. because he evolved Baxcalibur. And just KO'd me with Baxcalibur because the Fridgy Bax is what he started in the active. So, right. Well, that's uh, <laughs> horrible, but you still won the cup, so you must have had yeah. pretty so good that resistance. Was my, that was my one loss, and then I got the pair. Uh, so then it ended up being a weird pairing situation where I got the pair up to the one lone four zero, right. and I beat them. Yep. So uh, we there was three three and ones, and I had the best resistance. There it is. There we so, go. So got 15 points. There we go. Check mark on the board. Um, yeah. And then you uh, ran the rest of the weekend with a couple cups. Uh, how'd yeah. those go? Uh, the cups did not go well, um, as as well as the challenge. Uh, the Friday cup, I ran it back with a couple chain. Uh, I ran the deck back, uh, Chen Pao. Um, I went 1-3. I think I I dropped because it started at 7 p.m. in the evening and it was a cup. So yeah. that was going to be a late night. Uh, needless to say, when I hit the third loss, I was like, I'm done. Uh, and I can't really... I don't remember any glaring misplays, uh, but I do remember... Like, what I do remember is that like all of my losses were super close. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I played anything wrong. It just had trouble closing out the game. Every Every game my loss was like i have game in hand here and i just don't hit it right like or they hit their game in hand before i can do it like so uh is what it is on that uh just a rough night of best of ones that you uh don't win uh and then sunday i be that it was the last tournament of that i was gonna play in before Pittsburgh, I switched up back to Sablesart. I wanted to try a specific build just to see how it did in the format because um, I went, I got rid of all the techs at, like in, mm. in Sablesart that people all put in the you went to straight to consistency. Yeah, I, I went straight consistency, burned through the deck as quickly as possible. Um, and then, and my idea was even if you want to own me, I'm drawing the cards that I need anyway because mm -hmm. there's the deck is so thin. And it worked, but what I found out is Sablezard has a lot more Kryptonite matchups in the format than Chen Pao. So I kind of felt like I was forced in Sablezard, even though I love the deck. So it was a good, valuable learning experience, even though I didn't do well with it. I finished 2-3. I played all five rounds, but uh, I threw the last game because I was dumb and promoted Charizard, and I thought I didn't attach for turn, but I did. So I couldn't take the knockout and then ended up losing the game. Um, so, but I could have been three, two, but it didn't matter. Uh, it wasn't yeah. making top cut. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I learned a valuable lesson with that tournament. So I take that as a learning lesson and, and was valuable in narrow down what I want to play for Pittsburgh. So 100%. And yeah, we'll get into, any... we'll get into the, you know, the, the preparation for Pittsburgh um, a little bit more. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so not not getting the finishes I want in cups at the moment. Challenges when I go to them, I seem to do well um, in those. Uh, but I, cups are 
or looking to be a struggle. I think I've played in like five now and, and it's just been, uh, they're tough competition at the moment. Right. So, um, yeah, gotta, gotta keep, uh, keep up the work on those, but altogether, uh, a fun week of Pokemon. So 100%. how was Did you, you uh, yeah, my week was a long week, um, Pokemon and not Pokemon. So we'll start with my weekend, um, on Thursday, um, played in a challenge over at sports car junction. Uh, so this was my fourth challenge of the season, uh, decided to run it, um, run a different deck, uh, which was a single strike Lugia. Um, just because, you know, Charizard just seems to not be what what's advertised and people are falling off of it. So uh, aside from that matchup, it felt like as a pretty good spot for the meta share. Um, but then instantly regretted it uh, because my first game I played against one of my teammates, Mike, um, and proceeded. I, I won the coin flip, got to go first, proceeded to um, have a Mezagoza and a... And a um, the other flip card. What's the other one? I always forget. Uh, heads, you uh, you get a, a uh, aroma. Yeah, aroma. So um, I might have done this wrong. I don't know. Uh, comment uh, anybody. Let me know, please. Uh, but my first turn going first, I did the aroma first, um, so that way I didn't have to play the stadium just in case you know I, I get that tails. Hit the heads, get the evolution, and then I'm like, okay, well I need to. Um, you know, get get down the Mezagoza to try to get a uh, basic out so I can get rolling. Uh, then I, you know, put that down, roll tails. And then he proceeds to set up because he's playing a Palkia Chimpao deck. Um, and then, you know, at that point, I get a pretty good turn to uh, get set up. Um, but then he starts taking KOs first because I can't. Um, there was a mid-game mid where it's like, okay, I could potentially come back um, if he misses this KO. Um, but he didn't, and it was that I was just behind the race at that point. Um, and then I proceeded to win out, which was, you know, it was fine. Um, the, the deck kind of did what it wanted to do. It just feels so bad um, playing a deck that even if you go first, if you just don't get it down, um, it can stumble pretty quickly uh, with some, you know, uh, coin flips. Uh, so I ended up going 3-1 um, with a really good... Um, you know, uh, win or uh, resistance, um, or player opponent resistance or whatnot. So ended up going three, one got third place for my fourth, third place. So I got 10 more points, putting me at 154. Um, I can't quite get over that bubble and, and go undefeated, um, at a challenge to get the, the max of 15 points. Um, so as many, as much as I am getting these points at these challenges, I still feel like, um, yeah, I have four finishes, but those four finishes I do need to improve on. Um, and on top of, uh, you know, getting other finishes as well. So still work to do there. Um, still early, but, you know, Q1 is, um, you know, at least getting towards that midpoint. So trying to at least improve upon that. But again, I can't yeah. complain too much. Got points um, and, you know, I'm in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, and I mean, at least the you're getting the finishes, so at least you have something in the column there to to have, and then uh, eventually, I mean, with time, you'll you'll improve on some of them. So hopefully, hopefully, all of them. Uh, yeah. But th that was not all I had. I had a busy, jam packed weekend, and uh, some of it wasn't uh, Pokemon related, uh, but I still want to talk about it because it was fun. Um, it's been hot weekend, summer weekend, uh, but uh, going into 
uh, Friday, um, I was actually Friday or Saturday. I was, you know, it was, it was Friday. I was tempted to go out and, and play in a cup with you. I think it was your cup or maybe it was Saturday. It was a Sunday cup. It was a Sunday cup, uh, mm-hmm. but ended up not being able to go um, just because of just, uh, you know, with with travel plans and, and three hour drive both ways um, mm-hmm. and just losing my carpool buddy. Um, but, you know, such is life. But I ended up going to the Renaissance Festival um, and baked in the sun. But that was really fun getting to hang out <laughs> with some family or with my family and, and doing all that. Um, and then uh, and then also, you know, this weekend playing in in Pokemon Go's Charmander Day, got a bunch of shinies. So that was fun. Uh, baking in the sun, too. Some of it was in my car, so it wasn't too, too bad. Um, and then, you know, today uh, we, we're recording a little early this week. Uh, we're recording on Monday uh, because of Labor Day, and I just played a bunch of Pokemon testing. Um, got that Lugia bug out of my or that Lugia itch out of my system. Uh, you know, Lugia, I just don't feel is the play right now, it just doesn't consistently set up like the other decks do. Um, I like playing decks that can go first or second, and you're not really punished either way. Um, and that's Turbo Lost Box. Got a lot of um, good testing in today uh, and through, you know, throughout the week. Um, and another reason we're recording today is so I can get some more testing in tomorrow um, and Wednesday with the group. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, looking forward to, um, you know, Thursday, just league last tune up beforehand. And then we're going to a uh, team dinner, uh, team sports car instruction uh, and, you know, close family slash friends all going to go out to dinner on friday before the regionals so it's going to be fun uh looking forward to this weekend and pittsburgh regionals uh regardless of how we do but obviously um the prep uh running up to this regional has been uh a little bit different uh but definitely uh pretty fun um and w- let's yeah. see if you know this work that we're putting in pays off yeah yeah we got we got we've done a lot of work um, I know you have, and and the team has put a lot into the, the testing for this one, so I'm um, looking forward to it. And, That's uh, another thing I forgot. I went to the concert too. I went to the Offspring <laughs> concert. Oh uh, my gosh, it's just been a, a ram packed weekend for me. Yeah, uh, I also forgot something too that I wanted to mention because mm-hmm. at Sunday, um, uh, you know, it's always nice when you uh, meet a listener in in uh, in the tournament. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Chris. Hey, we played uh, in the Toledo Cup and uh, great opponent whooped my butt with some rapid strike box. So, there it is. Um, the deck I'm scared of, but I don't think we'll see a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, he's a great opponent. Uh, well played. It was a good game. And we got to chat a little bit afterward, which was a highlight of the day for me. So for sure. No, for it's listening. always great being able to, you know, play. And then also being recognized for the, you know, the work that we do here on the podcast. Um, yeah. And then just kind of. Uh, you know, reaching out to other people that we've never really get to talk to um, otherwise. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a great perk of uh, being part of this podcast. I hope I hope that to meet more people in Pittsburgh during the regional as well. And if you if you see me or recognize me at all, I should be wearing a shirt with my name on the back of it. Uh, so as uh, should I it'll be it'd be easily recognizable. Uh, feel free to say <laughs> hi. It really does kind of make my day when when someone says, oh, yeah, I listen to you. I Listen to your cast. Fun, fun stuff. Even if you, I listen to your cast, and I 
I hate it. I think you're dumb. <laughs> I mean, I might not appreciate that as much, wrong. but I like constructive feedback. So yes, I mean, if you do have constructive feedback, don't just say we're horrible. Give us a reason why we're horrible, so we can uh, <laughs> improve upon it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I just wanted to get that into. So for sure, for sure. All right, Chuck. I'm going to play a little bit of an audible here um, to our preparation. Um, I'm going to go straight into our city watch here for people that are coming to the Pittsburgh Regional. Um, this week um, outside of the game of Pokemon, because obviously we're going to play regional side events, you know, all the fun shenanigans that you can do any regionals uh, throughout the country. But um, this one is in Pittsburgh. So I want to get uh, highlight the city and things you can do um, outside of the convention center for food wise sightseeing, all that fun stuff. Uh, Chuck, you lived in Pittsburgh a lot longer than I have. Uh, so I'll let you start off and, um, as a tourist, what would be the first thing you recommend somebody to do uh, coming into the city, you know, outside of the game of Pokemon? Outside of the game, all right, I got two options for food right out the get-go if you've mm. never been to Pittsburgh that are actually nearby the convention center. So um, the, I would say they're somewhat walkable or a short Uber ride or something like that. I would actually say they're walkable, but mm-hmm. depending on how far you want to walk. Uh, but there's, I think it is DeLuca's Diner is in oh, is yeah. right nearby but this is a breakfast joint so if you get in friday or thursday night and you're there friday morning that's the like that's the spot to go for some breakfast it's one of the best breakfast foods i they're probably open early enough if you want to get up and go get breakfast right um beforehand before the tournament but it is an excellent breakfast joint and then Anytime Wait, during before you go before you go on that's the one that was uh Jack Reacher was filmed there there's a scene in Delucas right yeah okay uh, yes yeah, so if you've seen this if you've seen the 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 film Jack Reacher there's definitely uh um that restaurant was uh you know highlighted and there's also a plaque on, on one of the benches that uh Tom Cruise was sitting at <laughs> yeah uh, I think uh there's also a there's like a plaque somewhere like Barack Obama ate bre- be- breakfast in there too like a lot of people yeah. go to that diner. Uh, in Pittsburgh, it, um, depending on the time, though, it might be a little bit of a wait. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, get that. That's why early, my recommendation is if you're there early for Friday, that's your best opportune time to at least know that you can get in for some really good breakfast food. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, the, my other recommendation, because it's close nearby, um, is Permanis and it's open all the time. And it's a staple food of Pittsburgh. I will say this though, the one that you go to, if if they don't substitute anything there. So when you order a sandwich, you're getting what you get. And don't if you don't like something, don't order that one. Um, um, they're very. Uh, I don't. It's not to be rude. It's just like this. They make the sandwich how it's described, and they don't change it. It's funny um, because I've been in Pittsburgh for just about ten years, give or take. And I've been to like almost every single Permani Brothers except for the original uh, that that's, are, that's in the strip district right next the, to the, the strip district. Is center. the original that is the original one? So they're all over the place. You can there's one in there's a couple in out of state like in Florida and stuff like that too, I think. But that is the original. They're open 24 hours, so you can go after um, the tournament and get a good sandwich. But because they're the original, they like don't mess around when they make the sandwich so mm-hmm. and it's a very uh, if you heard like people have usually heard about permanis so it, it's got weird uh, not your usual stuff they have coleslaw fries on everything any sandwich yep. you get has coleslaw and fries 
I think even salads, you'll get some fries on there too. So just uh, be prepared for French fries, no matter what you order. Yeah. Um, And then they have a bunch of different uh, protein options for you to eat on the sandwich. So, but yeah, uh, it's a great food and you can eat at any point in time. For sure. You stole my restaurants there uh, locally. There are a lot of, (laughs) you know, local pubs that are not maybe as well known, uh, but definitely walking distance or short Uber within the strip district, within downtown uh, Pittsburgh um there's 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 a lot of places to eat that are delicious and that i would recommend um but they're a little bit farther away so if you want to stretch out a little bit i'm trying to think of what would be somewhat uh close um that isn't too too far um because the, the mcknight area has a lot of really good places and some really good taco joints and they're not it's not too far but it is across a river, so you right. never know how long it's going to take. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to go outside of the food options because you kind of took the food options. There's two sightseeing sorry. areas where the first things I did when I moved here, um, and I definitely recommend because actually there's three. Um, so when you're driving in, um, I highly suggest going through the tunnels the first time going through the city. Um, the entrance into the city through the tunnels you're you um, from the green tree area um, it's kind of just like woodsy rural rural uh, you know houses all over the place but you go through the tunnel and then boom it's big city Um, so definitely suggest going through that way if you are um, you know traveling into the city uh, from you know um, the airport or whatnot make sure to go through that way Um, it is it is a sight to see. It's it is a like it's it's oddly hard to explain, but it is a weird and really cool sight it, to see the way it happens if you've never done it before. Now I I remember watching something on like Discovery or something. It was like the ten most wondrous like sights of the world, and entry into Pittsburgh was the 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 highest ranked human made uh, site or entry into uh, you know x thing so into a city so it's definitely the grandest entrance into a, a city obviously you know things like grand canyon or stuff maybe can't compete but uh, <laughs> definitely do it definitely do that if you can uh, but on top of that there's two things that i really enjoyed um you know when i first moved out here and that's going down to the river walk down um by the north shore uh by the pirates in the steelers stadium um it's a beautiful walk you can see um Point State Park is on the opposite side. Um, you can see Mount Washington um, and just all the bridges. You can see the convention center. It's just, it's a very beautiful, um, relaxing little walk area. Um, plenty of restaurants as well um, yep. to go ahead and, you know, plenty of nice so you can to eat down there too. Definitely just do that. Um, and then another one is Mount Washington, just j- jumping up there, um, seeing the uh, George Washington statue. Um, again, if there's a few restaurants up there, but then getting to ride the inclines, uh, pretty fun, um, and yep. unique experience compared to most other cities. And I've been to a lot of big cities. Um, I would say Pittsburgh is a small big city, but it's definitely unique compared to most of them, uh, because most of it is, um, deeply enriched with like, um, you know, old, more old fashioned technologies, maybe. Um, depending on where you go, um, that you just don't see anymore, that they just can't recreate with uh, the more modern uh, technologies that you see now. Yeah, the incline is definitely a fun, uh, easy activity. Um, like you said, at the top of the incline, there's two. 
um, to ride up. But um, the top of the incline, I mean, it's a great view, another good place to walk and just kind of see the skyline of the city and, and, and things like that. And then, like you said, there is some good restaurants up there. Um, some of them are fancy. There's a really great seafood place up there uh, that is I should still be there um, that I've had. And it's really great if you want a really nice, fine dining experience. So, mm -hmm. um, but the inclines are definitely something, you know, a quick and it doesn't, it's not like a, something that's going to take your whole day, um, but it is a, a fun, unique experience to the city. 100%. Uh, but yeah, uh, the city definitely has a lot to offer uh, for being a smaller one. Uh, so hopefully you guys, uh, you know, outside of Pokemon, enjoy the city. Um, and hopefully we have some pretty good weather out there. Um, but Chuck, I think it's time uh, to get into our first category here, Pokemon related category, I would say. Um, and that is just kind of our process this time around uh, for preparation going into Pittsburgh. And I think we could, it, it really, I wanted to bring this up because this really can um, shed light into um, how you can prep for, you know, Peoria and all the other regionals or ICs coming up this season if you're a newer player. Um, and then just kind of go from there. And, you know, we'll start off mainly um, by saying, you know, obviously we have a a close-knit group of friends slash um, pretty good players here uh, that are port, part of Team Sports Card Junction. Uh, so we, you know, we chat. We've, we've been chatting for months and months and months about the meta. Um, but really going into, um, you know, three weeks out and kind of some rules that we kind of applied um, and kind of how we've done it in the past. Um, this time is maybe a little bit more fragmented than last, uh, you know, from... Uh, NAIC, but still, I feel like even if we were not all on the same deck, uh, we're still talking about the decks and the deck matchups and the and the sixty and all that stuff. Um, so, really, I want to start at three weeks out. Which kind of some rules of thumb that we had um, is, you know, we started with three deck archetypes that we thought were pretty solid picks. Um, you know, for you know Pittsburgh. Um, and then with saying that, we kind of were monitoring the meta, seeing if anything changed. You know, obviously, um, you know, Obsidian Flames came out. Charizard uh, was a new deck. So we wanted to really observe that, um, test that deck, uh, what its matchups are for. Um, and then, you know, any kind of tech cards, depending on what we trends of decks that we were seeing um, throughout. And then, uh, you know, what felt best. Um, and that's definitely, um, that's more personal because, you um, we can always say, like, I think that the community um, is definitely saying Garatina, Lost Box Garatina is probably the best. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it feels the best for me or feels the best for Chuck. Um, and mm -hmm. doesn't right. mean that it's necessarily the best play. So uh, three weeks out is a little bit broad. Uh, you want to give yourself options. You don't want to just be too honed in. but And you want to leave yourself, you know, room for adjustments if things kind of pop up um chuck what do you you know do you have anything to add to that i was gonna say you want to kind of find your array of things that you might think about what you want to play not necessarily like i'm gonna pick this deck and then go with that like you might you kind of want to think what what might you see what is popular at the moment when it's still going to stick around and then things that you might want to play as well like i you know last zone giratina intrigues me maybe arctina giratina like intrigues me and and kind of have an array of things um 
that are on your radar. Basically, create a radar of decks that you want to play, not necessarily na narrow it down. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, some decks for me, at least, and some of the ones on the group, obviously, at this point, um, was that Charizard uh, deck. Arceus Charizard, I think, was more on the radar. Uh, Chen Pao was on the radar for the team. Um, obviously, Lost Box variants were on the radar. Maridon, again, um, on the radar. Um, I think most of us were thinking that. Um, I know I said, like, three decks. Um, that's for more of an individual. But as like a, as a group, those are kind of the decks that we were looking at. Um, at that three week mark, um, you know, narrowing it in um, what we wanted to play. And obviously, um, it's not just, a, you know, uh, on Chuck or on me uh, seeing, you know, which deck it is, because obviously the, the meta plays a huge um, role in what we think uh, might be a good play. Um, so moving on to the two week, uh, the two week mark, um, we really moved that down to, you know, two, uh, three to four decks down to two. Um, you know, the meta is starting to settle um, and then we get a better feel for the meta. So um, at the two week mark, do you think anything has changed to change from you for, for changed in your mind from, you know, week three to four or week three to two? Uh, yeah, you you kind of start to realize what might be uh, the most popular thing that you might see out of those those decks on your radar. Maybe not maybe not necessarily like what you consider the best deck because that is kind of opinionated but what you think would be the the most populous choice in the meta like mm -hmm. what um what the group thing like the world's view of what might be the best deck in the format at the moment um because that's something you'll want to take a little extra look at when you're, you're if it's something that you're going to see the most of then you want to know that matchup a little bit more than maybe every other matchup so correct correct yeah and at this point uh you know there were definitely you know we're getting a better feel for the meta so um with that being said um we're getting a better feel for the tech cards that each deck is playing generally uh i know at the three week mark you know i was one of my top decks uh for for the last little bit has been uh turbo lost box so there was, uh, I forget the card already, but uh, the card that adds one basic uh, energy to your attack cost. Uh, the league headquarters. The, the, yeah, the league headquarters. I always forget that one. Um, I was kind of, uh, kind of a little bit worried on that. Um, kind of a little bit worried on Charizard at week three. But going into week two, um, you know, the group sentiment on Charizard started to die off. Some people were still trying to make it work, but overall um i feel like as a group we're you know we realize that the deck is just not where it needs to be currently obviously somebody could have cracked it um but I still feel like it's just not there um and then and then the pokemon league headquarters for, i've seen two decks play against it and that's all my irl tournaments that's all my my live or my live tournaments um and you know anything I've watched on Twitch, um, or or look, on. you know, just it just hasn't caught on. Uh, so felt pretty good about that. Um, and then it really is just some meta call there, um, where we're we're eliminating decks. For me, obviously, I'm I'm. This is kind of where I played Lugia, kind of in that week too, uh, for that cup. Uh, it just didn't feel great. Uh, so I really narrow took that I took that one off. Um, Chim Pao was always there, but it felt like you're just very reliant on that turn one. Um, and it felt really bad if you went second, um, especially if you didn't set up. 
Um, and then obviously Garatina felt okay to me. It just felt like it was very 50 50. Like it, it wasn't super consistent, but when it set, like, as you know, compared to the you know, turbo loss box, but it, it definitely sets up and does well against the broader meta and against like Charizard decks and, and big things. Um, but as we saw that kind of fly, you know, those that kind of deck fall falter a little bit, um, it really narrowed my eyes in at least on on lost box. And I don't know about. I don't know if you want to add anything to that in week two. Yeah, well, for me, week two was like because week three we took the broad aspect of seeing what was available, what could be good, and then week two kind of narrowed down my choices and things that I would want to play, like to one, not necessarily one to two, like two things. Like maybe you you find two things that you feel good about. It it fits your you find the the deck that maybe fits your play style mm-hmm. of what's good in the meta and. um you start narrowing those options down for you uh, to one or two things so that you can then optimize your testing and, and optimize your testing and uh, narrow your focus down to things that you're going to play. Right. Right. Um, and you know, the group, this is where I feel like uh, the meta is so helps div- you. What's that? This is where a group helps you, but then a hundred percent, you need people to rely on, like to, to lean ideas off of um, regardless if you guys agree. And like, it's kind of weird because when we went to NAIC, we all were very unified in picking one deck um, right now. The meta is just so, so wide diverse, so wide open. Um, some, you know, some people went a different direction. I mean, I think there's two people on like, uh, Palkia, I know I'm on Lost Box. I think one other guy's on uh, one of our other teammates on Lost Box. Um, is is Lost Tina's a thing? Um, you know, there there's so many different options. Um, but obviously leaning into them and kind of just getting their meta feel, what they're seeing, um, really you know helps me in in picking. Hey, I know going into this last week. I'm playing Turbo Lost Box. Um, it feels like it's in a pretty good spot in the meta. Obviously, there are counters to it. Um, but will those counters see a lot of play uh, percentage-wise? Uh, there are going to be some games that I'm pretty much going to have to punt to. Um, but with talking with the um, you know the group, I'm looking at Limitless, and I'm seeing uh, Lost Box, uh, Garatina. I see Charizard, Gardevoir, Chen Pao, um, Turbo Box, Maridon. Um, Mew um, and Lugia, and I'm I'm just saying, I feel pretty comfortable in all those matchups. And even if I'm slightly unfavored, at least I know my win conditions. And this is due uh, to all the gameplay that I've been playing with, you know, you and the team, and just kind of head sims and and talking. Again, it's very important to you know again rely uh, on the team, not just so much yourself. Um, that going into this last week. Uh, we have I have a day tomorrow testing and then uh, Wednesday, I guess Thursday as well. There's like one or two cards. I'm I'm pretty set on 58, um, but um, no, yeah. I, I couldn't have got to where I am at right now um, without the team and their input. Yeah, the team uh, going into this last week. This is when you've you've kind of probably figured your deck choice. Um, I'm not going to say that everyone has their deck choice beforehand, a week before, but um, at least in this team's kind of motto is picking it a little bit early. And then in in the wide open meta, you got to kind of narrow your 60 down, like what's going to be best. 
um, what can you play for, what's more consistent, X, Y, Z. And that's that's really what you can do with this last week. If you've narrowed your choice of what you want to play down to one thing. That's why it's super important to narrow yeah, it down if, at this point to one. If you, if you narrow it down at this point, then you have this full week of basically running the gauntlet of what you... You also kind of in this week, you kind of want to sit down and maybe make a make a meta prediction, like kind of like a guess of what you're gonna see, like uh, what what percentages decks are you're gonna see. So then you can kind of say, okay, I should maybe expect to see this two or three times, maybe one of these. Uh, maybe I don't worry about this because it's not gonna be that popular, so it doesn't get a tech card or whatnot. Or and then you can run that gauntlet of against your team like your 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 testing partners so you can have plenty of experience in those matchups so that you better know your outs in all of those matchups throughout the tournament 100 percent um some things i do want to caution people um especially going down to you know week the last week um is try to keep it you know narrowed down to you know, the, the one or two decks that you're playing, don't keep switching decks. Uh, and I've definitely been, you know, before we, we formed sports car junction, uh, team junction, um, I was guilty of like last minute switches, um, just kind of like, um, well, you know, not necessarily having a whole group of, Hey, this is what we think we're going to see. And then just like making wild, like, Hey, I need to make a counter for this deck, but then the deck plays like 2% of the meta. So it's like, okay, that, tech card just took away from your consistency and was basically useless uh so um yeah keeping yeah. keeping your deck consistent um so you're not continually changing on yourself and then just also um you know not adding those random last minute cards in uh that can really hurt you um and i've been guilty of it i know you've probably been guilty of it as well um yeah. but try to keep it keep yourself you know honed in i guess and 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 one thing that i think that some people might have trouble doing but you have to be kind of a little bit of brutally honest with yourself in making your meta prediction because like mm -hmm. you you may very much not like playing against a like a rapid strike box deck which you'll probably like, it'll be there'll be people playing it at pittsburgh but the question is like how much do you really see it like Playing it once over the the nine rounds, or is that really that like? Is putting a card in that deck for that really worth it? And it really much... depends on if that one card messes with all your other matchups. Because if you become less consistent, Correct. so then you lose those fifty fifties because you teched for a deck but, that you're probably not going to see. And it also has to question you, have, you why I say you got to be brutally honest. If you add this card. How much does it actually help you in that matchup? Like, if it's already a bad matchup, like, and you're going to add a card that makes it a not so, it's still like a a 50 50, but then you're cutting something that's going to make your deck overall less consistent, or you're adding something that becomes like a, a horrible starter for you or something that you might hit in any other matchup. That's where you just go, you know what? It's not that popular. Like, you have to be brutally honest. It's not that popular. I might only hit it once, and if I do, I if you just practice it, you might be able to just play your way around it, like without the tech card. Mm -hmm. And you can't worry about, especially in a meta that is as diverse as it is right now, where there's at least eight plus decks that can 
be played and have a shot at at day twoing or top eighting. You can't prepare for everything, so you gotta. Sometimes you have to cut a loss to make sure that everything else is a positive. You know what I mean? Right, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I mean consistency is key. Can like generally consistency is my tech card, um, for the meta. So I would rather um set up ninety five percent of my games um and then have a fifty fifty you know fighting chance to win those matchups than having a tech card that might make it you know, a 50, 50 to like a 75, 25, but then like are completely useless and other things. Um, and then, you know, make my consistency just a little bit lower. So, um, things that, you know, that, that I personally take in, into consideration, but obviously, um, Pokemon is a very diverse game. So that's what makes this beautiful. Uh, so if you want to be a tech player, that's it. That's your style. Go for it. Um, I know plenty of players like that that are super successful. Yeah. And there's a spot and a time for tech, cards it's just like with this meta being as wide open as it is mm -hmm. uh it is really hard to lean on a tech card because certain when you're you're getting there it, it'll help you in maybe one or two matches but then it just doesn't do anything for anything else and then when you start trying to add layers for everything you end up devoting too much of your deck space to um tech matchups and then it you just increase your chances of it becoming a more clunkier mess because you have cards that don't help with consistency in there. Too many cards. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, so it, it's one thing when you play a one of Drapion in a lost box, like for for a Mew matchup or something like that, and you're just like, it's fifty nine card deck. Any other matchup, Drapion just goes away, or it's an easy lost zone card. Like that is something where it's nice and easy. But when you, if you do that and you do like six or seven more cards when you see all of those in a hand at once because now it's a possibility then you're like oh geez what did i do right and that's one reason i kind of stayed away from like lost box kyogre um not to say it's not a great uh you know deck because i definitely had it plays slightly different um but the reason i kind of stayed away from it is you play more energies um and then you also play more energy recovery cards, um, you know, as the the energy recycler. Uh, I think yeah. it's the energy recycler, right? Um, so that's like, it's like five or six cards that just take away um, that guaranteed consistency. Um, so it's not only their clunky cards at the beginning of the game, you have less of those cards that, uh, you know, help get stuff in the loss zone. Um, if, you know, obviously if Kyogre sets up, uh, it might be better in the late game, but I, it's that early game that I really, really uh, cherish uh, as far as like consistency. Consistency, consistency is key. I mean, everything is great when it works, but it's how consistently does it work. So, hundred mm -hmm. percent. All right, Chuck. I think that's a good, um, you know, just a little bit of recap of what you know our process was. Hopefully, that's helpful for people. Um, but yeah, I think it's time to take a break and jump into the pit stop. And we start out the pit stop every time with a little bit of trivia. It's time so, for trivia. Um, trivia. I'll go first this time All right. with trivia. I unfortunately don't have any packs to open, but oh, I do no. have a card. Okay. I do have a card. Uh, we're gonna do the traditional name that uh name that Pokemon that this attack belongs to, which is, is going to be an attack. Okay. So um 
This is a, a newer card. Um, this attack is called Punishing Scissors. Punishing Scissors. All right, so obviously a Pokemon that has like scissor hands is what needs to come. And originally I thought, you know, Scyther, but that's not really scissors. Those are more like uh, like scythes or whatever. Um, it, it does evolve into, why can't I think of what he evolves into right now? Um, I can see it's red. It has like claws that might be scissoring. Um, don't know if that's necessarily it um because i don't remember a scyther in base set up no oh, it might it, it is that one it is he is in that one uh what the heck is his name um why can't i think of him he's in there what what set is it from it is from obsidian planes okay that's one so there is why can't i think of his name what stage is it this is a stage one. Gosh darn it. Everything is going. What's my other hint? Um, it is a metal type Pokemon. It is him. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Why can't I remember his name? It's the evolution of Scyther. This is a classic Jake. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with it. I think it starts Gosh darn it. I'm going to... This is making me mad. Because um, I... Uh, Ste not, not Steelix. Steelix is... Sizer? 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 No? Right, I'm going to stop you. you. You've mumbled it out. It's good enough. Okay, Sizer? It is Caesar? 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 Let's go. Let's go. I got it. Good job. Oh my gosh. I can't... I can't it frustrates me because I know these things, but I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I there was the top card of the pile, and I was like, "This is going to be a good one." And then I I kind of only read the first half of the tech, and then when I said scissors, I was like, "Oh wait, that's really a giveaway." Yeah, but, it kind of hey. was. <laughs> <laughs> but then oh, it, man, it went like down the Caesar. classic Jake Alley is that he still has to remember the name of the Pokemon. <laughs> so <laughs> I I explained him to a T well before I said his yeah. name. And I still just like without you, I probably would have just passed you, over it. You were like, he evolves from Scyther. He's red. He's got scissor hands. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> oh man. Well, I did get there eventually. Uh <laughs> a little bit more painful than it needed to be. Uh, but I got there. So um, I guess it's my turn to give you a trivia question today. And that's going to be uh, guess this Pokemon, this attack or ability belongs to. Obviously, it's going to be standard. Um, and today's Pokemon's ability name is Big Roar. Big Roar? Yeah. Oh, geez. This could go a bunch of different ways. There's too many things that roar in Pokemon. Um, my initial thought is instantly a fire Pokemon because I'm thinking of all the, like, an Entei, Arcanine, all those things that kind of roar, but then you could also like, I'm sure, Howden Doom roars. I'm sure Tyranitar roars. Um, all facts. All right. I, I'm. Uh, what's what's that? I said all facts. <laughs> <laughs> all facts. So I'm gonna need a hint. I'm gonna go. I need to narrow 
down the type. I need to know where to go with this. I think. So you want type? I want to type if you can. It's electric. Electric. Lightning. Even the least <laughs> thought of type. Electric type. Uh, wait, did you say this is an attack or an ability? It's an ability. An ability. Okay, so I don't think Tyranitar EX has an ability. Because I thought you were going to throw me a curveball with this the curve type <laughs> Tyranitar. But, all right, electric, big roar. Uh, Raikou can possibly roar, but I don't remember seeing him recently. I can give you set, stage, and then if you really still need it, I can tell you what the ability does. Uh, give me the stage. It is a basic. Basic, okay. Big roar off a of basic Pokemon. All right, I'm going to need the set. How they evolved. Okay, so electric Pokemon. So I doubt it's like a tad bulb or um, the evolution of like Pikachu. I think was in a Paldea evolved. Maybe it's a basic. Yeah, but I don't think Pikachu's roaring. Um, I'm missing something that's very probably like obvious in this. Um, ability so big roar once during your turn. If this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may switch one of your opponent's active Pokemon to their bench. Your opponent chooses the new active Pokemon. I remember reading this card and liking it, and I still can't remember what it is. Um, I'm, I, I have to take a stab in the dark. Uh, Shinx. <laughs> he shoots, he scores. Oh, he gets it. <laughs> I got, <laughs> yeah. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take right there. I That's it. right. You take your shot. You don't score if you don't shoot. <laughs> All right. That was, that was literally a stab in the dark. Last minute, I was like, what? What?" I was like, uh, I, looked, I looked down at my plushie for Luxray. And I was like, that's a cat and it's electric. It could roar. I'll go right. There it is. You got it. Um, in the ninth, you know, the bottom of the ninth, two bottom outs. Ninth. Yeah. Full count. Two strikes. Rip, <laughs> rips a homer. Oh, I got lucky on that one. All right. Uh, now I think it's time to do uh, who would win. All right. So uh, I have, it's my turn. I think I have an interesting one. I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I, I think I did the last time we did. I think I did a triple threat last time. No, the last uh, time not, you not had, last time. I you think had I last Magikarp time. versus uh, um, Phoebus. <laughs> Phoebus, but I, I think I was the one that also did a triple threat before. But I'm doing yeah. another triple threat match. Okay. Because uh, I think this would be uh, uh, an MMA fight for the ages. Um, so who would win between? And it's all Pokemon related. Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan. And hit them on top. You put them all in the squared circle or an octagon, and they have to go at it. Who's gonna win? Um. Okay. So, I believe Hitmon Lee 
was named after Bruce Lee, or at least inspired by, and then Hitmon Chan was Jackie Chan. And I do, I, their names I, seem to follow that. I don't know what Hitmon Top that, was but... really based after, like if it was based after a person. So obviously the first two were um, original 151. Um, I would have to say uh, Hitmon Chan. Uh, Hitmon Chan is based off of probably. I mean, maybe a little less legendary, but like more tried and true, I guess. Um, stuntman Hitmon or uh, <laughs> Hitmon Chan, uh, Jackie Chan. Um, I feel like his punch has a little bit more um, staying power, more accuracy. Um, he can he can jab faster than those kicks of the long legs of Hitmon Lee. Um, Hitmon Top, I feel like no matter who you pick, is going. He's going to be third. I think he's just. Oh, I disagree. I just don't yeah. think he's good enough. Like he's just a little wild. The other two are that, more focused. He's the wild in, card, and that's yeah, wild the wild card is going to lose here. <laughs> I think no, I I he, got I'm going with Hitmon Chan. I'm going to say Hitmon Top, the wild card. Uh, I don't know if he's like drunken style or whatever, but spinning around, legs flailing. I think he's got the wild card factor to come away with this win. Um, nah, like th- this is yeah, what's gonna happen. Gets... You jump, they jump in the ring. He starts spinning, and and hit my hand and hit my Lee are look at each other like, "Is this guy serious?" And I kind of just like <laughs> <laughs> let him <laughs> spin it, spin until it gets dizzy. They'll both just like kick, kick and punch him. He'll go flying. He'll be KO'd, and then it's like free for all at that point. And then I, I, I just think Hitmon Chan uh, is is the superior fighting Pokemon. I. I disagree on that. Uh, I think Hitmon Top with his spin power doesn't give them the opening to get in their kicks from Lee or punches from Chan. So uh, he just keeps keeps them on on the. Defensive. I mean, you're spin one. There's two things like you're spinning, so you're gonna eventually run out of steam, and you're gonna have to stop, and then you're gonna get kicked. It's, it's or thing, when you're in the middle of so spinning, like. Hitmon Lee can just kick him straight in the face when there's no defense. Like he's not really putting his hands up to block he's, his he's face. A low kick attack. Low kick. Yeah, he's kick low kicking him. Like why wouldn't he? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, we, I need I need some some viewers help on this one. So hit the survey. Who's gonna? Who would win this? Hitmon Chan. Jay thinks that he's got the superior punching power. Uh, or Hitmon Top with the spin. Or the one we didn't argue for, Hitmon Lee. If maybe we're all we're missing the sleeper here that would take it away and right. Hitmon Lee. So let us know uh, with the survey on on Spotify or hit us up on Twitter. I don't know. I think Pokemon needs to have that match like as a free for all, like a one v one v one on one of their episodes. You know, in the near future. I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, for sure. So with that being said, I think it's time uh, to take a break and get a word from our sponsor. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. Thanks again, Sports Car Junction, for being a awesome sponsor of the cast. Always appreciate it. Um, but now it is time to move in 
to the news. And this week, uh, we have not too much news, but we got some spoils on on some new cards, and uh, we got our first look at our Halloween packs, and we have the 30 cards that were released. So that's the first thing I'm going to go to. So we we have seen all 30 um, of the Trick or Treat Trick or Trade booster cards. Uh, some uh, repeat repeats, but a little mixture of um, some Scarlet and Violet cards as well as some uh, Sword and Shield cards. Uh, cool Pikachu. Um, I think the the one that everyone I think is clamoring about in there is the uh, oh geez, the one that's very popular at the moment. I can't remember its name. Is it the birds? The birds, Murkrow? yeah. There yeah. is the Murkrow. The Murkrow is the United Wings Murkrow. So uh, you now have, uh, I guess, highest rarity Murkrow if you're building United Wings. Um, yeah, that's the that's the one. There it is. That's yeah. That's and Dr- I guess Drifloon too. I think that the Drifloon is uh, is the one that everyone would use for the Gardevoir thing if that. Ever Whatever happened to Drifloon becoming super meta? Like, where's where's our champions festival? Uh, Jake Drifloon just meta manipulated that, that to be. I know, uh, like getting his uh, champions festivals to be more expensive or something. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Imagine how many people like made some money just on those Driflooms or the champions festival, thinking that was going to be meta deck, and then it just completely flops. Yeah, I I don't remember ever seeing anyone do anything with that. Uh, maybe someone surprises us with it. I don't know. But yeah, those are those are out. Those are the two notables. Uh, but these are super cool. I'm planning on getting them again, just so I have a. It's really last time I got them, it was super easy to collect the set, and uh, I want to have some handy for trick or treaters again in case I see some some kids that come by in Pokemon costumes and just hand them out for that. Can I go to your house so, for trick or treating? You can. I, my house is a hot spot for trick or treating. I bought like uh. Six bags of candy, and I think I went through five of them. So we get a lot of kids. Man. We're on like a main. Drive, so you're saying so. you only give these trick or treat packs out to kids dressed as anything related to Pokemon? I would. I bought a pack last year, but then I severely underestimated the amount of kids we get. So it would be much more expensive to hand every kid a pack of Pokemon cards than it is for candy, which is probably what most of the kids want. So correct. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, but uh back to some news. We did get some other cards spoiled from the upcoming Paradox Rift set. Um these have some pretty cool cards. Uh there's uh a Rodom, a Volcanian and stuff, but nothing too crazy to to really spotlight except for the evolution line of Natu and Zatu. Mostly because of Zatu in this. So uh, oh, Zatu is a psychic Pokemon, stage one, 100 HP, but and evolves from Natu, uh, but comes in with the a nifty ability. Uh, once I read it, you'll realize why I brought it up. It's called uh, I can't Akas Akas Akashai Sense. Maybe I I can't. I'm it's weird word. I just don't know how to pronounce it right. Uh, but uh, the ability reads: Once during your turn. You may attach a basic psychic energy from your hand to one of your benched Pokemon. If you do, draw two cards. Shadow so, Rider! <laughs> yeah, we, you might have recognized this ability from everyone's favorite uh, 
Shadow Horse. Um, Shadow Rider Calyrax. Rider because <laughs> it, is, it is essentially Underworld Door, um, but on a single prize Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still a stage one. So you still have to do the same evolution problem process. And uh, it doesn't come with a really cool attack. His attack is for uh, Psychic and two colorless Super Psy for only 80 damage. But uh, we did see, uh, unfortunately, we have like a really, really good Psychic Energy Accelerating Pokemon at the moment in Gardevoir. But uh, it, it's potentially a draw engine for other Psychic decks that aren't Gardevoir. So. Right. I mean, it seems like it could be pretty good. Um, I mean, you p- potentially could play it in kind of a guard- baby Gardevoir deck. Um, but I think this is more, you know, geared towards um, future state Pokemon decks, uh, maybe, um, where yeah. we're not quite seeing what Pokemon needs that. But um, Psychic has no problems accelerating energies to itself right now. Correct. They are definitely the energy acceleration type of choice right now. So, and because that, of that is dark the one... will always be good. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one Pokemon worth not, uh, talking about. So, uh, that is going to wrap it up for the news. So we can uh, move into our next next uh, main pop topic. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, our first topic outside of the news is going to be our uh, Triple P season watch. Um, where Chuck and I are currently standing points wise, what we have, you know, for the week outlook um, and the deck that, you know, we're kind of already thinking about. We kind of talked a little bit about the prep going into this week, but Chuck, how's your week looking? Where are you at? What's your plan? What you planning? Right, in? So my week looks like a lot of testing, testing for one deck. Uh, I've narrowed down my choice. Um, still got to narrow down the 60, but I'm, I'm in the, the water park right now. I I'm, I'm going to stick on the Chen Pao train. Like I said earlier in the cast, the beginning, I, I, Sablezard and Chen Pao were my two things that were down my alley. Um, Mm -hmm. and that last tournament, which, um, kind of sealed the deal for Sablezard for me. It's, I felt after that, that tournament that I was forcing it. So, um, I just was like, I got to shelf this until after Pittsburgh. So that's what I'm going to stick with Chen Pao. As for my point total, so after the tournament weekend I had, I notched 15 more, to- 15 more points in my belt. So I'm at a total of 25 at the moment. There it is. Like I said, uh, I, I like I said earlier, my cup experience is not g- gaining me any any points. So I'm hoping to gain more ground there. But hopefully, with a really good showing at Pittsburgh, I can uh, make a quick jump. But uh, one can hope and whatnot. But the focus now for this week is to uh, put all those tournaments behind me, focus in on Chen Pao, and finding the optimal 60 for Pittsburgh on the weekend. 100%. So the good news for you is regionals is where most players are going to make or break their season. Um, Sure, it's great to have cup success, challenge Mm -hmm. success. Um, You have a lot more tries at both than you do regionals. So regionals uh, definitely, you know, are where it's made out. So even if you had a slower start, you're at least getting those, you know, those reps in 
um, like you said, you were forcing, you know, Sable's art a little bit. Um, so maybe because you had a little bit of, you know, hard lessons learned in that tournament, um, it will, you know, do well for you in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, hopefully for, you know, for, for me, you, the whole team sports, uh, you know, team junction, um, I feel like we're pretty prepared um, and I'm ready for a good showing. But um, where I'm at right now is I'm sitting at 154 points. Um, I've had a little bit more luck on, um, you know, those cups being able to, you know, finish um, in the top four um, in three of the four that I've been in. Um, it's funny you said uh, forcing because the last, the one that I didn't have success in, I had that same feeling with uh, Shen Pao uh, backs caliber where I felt like Path of the Peak was just pretty relevant, prevalent uh, then. And it kind of really just pushed me out of the game. Obviously, I think Path of the Peak is starting to fall falter just a little bit, but it's still going to be out there. Uh, that's when I went on Lost Box, um, started really honing in. Uh, you know, I had a little bit of, you know, trial and error with um, a few Chen Pao's and Lugia decks along the way in the last few weeks. Um, but Lost Box feels, you know, where my comfort is right now, uh, where I feel like has the best meta um, share. So that's where I'm at. Obviously going to Pittsburgh Regionals this weekend. Uh, no other tournaments, um, you know, CP tournaments. Uh, so hopefully... Uh, have a good showing there, get some points, um, hopefully make day two, um, you know, and get upwards, you know, um, you know, 50, 60 points would be nice um, to put me over that 200 mark um, and, you know, going into Peoria and all that stuff. But again, um, obviously I just want to have a good showing um, really just push. I, I don't think that top 32 is outside of the realm of possibility for me. Um, I've been, close um i feel like my game's in a pretty good spot so i mean i think overall i think top 32 is my um number one goal um obviously i'm gonna you know play to have fun um and play to improve and put myself in a good spot uh point wise but i think um you know hitting 32 would be uh absolutely amazing and, a, and the next stepping stone in my career you know obviously um was able to make cut at, at naic so i think the next progression for me is you know top 32 yeah i i that's a that's a very good goal in the next step of progression uh i still have to take that first step so my goal is to make we'll day get two you there at, at we'll get you there uh and then and come when i make when i make day two it's literally come what may at that point i'll ride that high as far as i can so for sure every every match counts even if you don't make it you know top eight into the you know top eight cut um every win is you know closer to more points so um really that's all you know we're we're really focusing on is just to stack those w's um and stack those points on top so um again uh we'll we'll kind of recap next week see where we're at and then start really deep diving into peoria because i think there'll be a few there's gonna be a few um you know, meta changes, I think, with 151 coming out. And I think that will be legal in time. But for now, we're in the Pittsburgh meta. We're into the Obsidian Flames. Um, so that's where we're at. Yeah. All right. All right. So that wraps up our recap. Right. I think we're still in a both in a pretty solid spot um, to, you know, to get our worlds in fight or at least make a push. Um, you know, like I said many times, 
it's all about those regionals and ICs that really make or break the difference of the season. Um, you have plenty of chances. So we're both in a really good spot. We're both going to, you know, we're poised for success. So hopefully uh, we'll get it. Um, but with that being said, I think it's time to jump into our last uh, category of today's podcast going into Pittsburgh. Um, and that is the Pittsburgh regionals. Um, so I just kind of want to have a brief, a brief meta discussion. I know we try to, you know, keep, you know, the audience up to date of where we think the meta is. Um, so again, we're going to play ups and downs. Um, what decks um, you're worried about, what decks you think are overrated um, and where we're at. So obviously we know that you're on Chen Pao. I'm on Turbo Box. Um, what are some decks that you are worried about um, as a Chen Pao player? Well, the biggest thing... The biggest thing that worries me, I get uh, doesn't worry that much, is like the the Arc Tina matchup. Uh, Lost on Tina, uh, not as much, uh, just because uh, the reliability of getting a path early is a little less in that deck. I think, hmm. um, I think they use it more as a late later closeout, um, or I mean, you might not just not see it be the way that. Be the way that Arctina is just like, oh, let me just go Starbirth and get it. Um, usually, um, is the guarantee. So, I the playing Chen Pao, I've played this matchup a few times, and it's not unwinnable. You don't necessarily like need every ability. The one ability you need doesn't get turned off by uh, Path of the Peak, which is Backscalibur Super Cold. Right. The trick with this is coming out hot with getting your water energy out of your deck. Right. So if you can, the one thing I noticed is if you can, even if it costs you uh, an early switch that you don't have or that you only have useful to, or um, burning some water energies, like super chilling twice, like just getting the energies to the discard, like is better than having them in your deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I've won that matchup simply on the fact of that I got like four to five energies quickly into the discard or on the board or in my hand. Um, well, even in hands, not safe, like literally on board or in discard because they, I don't know you or judge you a lot. Um, so getting them out of your hand in the board and out of the deck, having them available to you with items and, and things like that recovery lets you just be able to keep taking knockouts because you can just keep putting it on the board. I, Won a game under path from like turn three on, not super chilling, but I had Chien Pao available. Uh, but simply because they couldn't stop me from putting energy on him and taking knockouts, even though they take return knockouts, I took the first one and kept going. Right. So it it's not unwinnable. It's just frustrating. That's all. Right. I think um, that that matchup it really depends on who goes first because if you are going first as Chien Pao, um. You not only have one turn, you know, as you're, you're turn one, you're trying to set up the board state uh, before they can path you. But generally, they really don't want to path you uh, on their turn one because um, they want to get that RCSB star out there uh, to get, yeah. you know, get rolling. So if you can get uh, a hot start, which definitely the deck um, can't do, I've seen it just roll. Um, you're in a pretty good spot. So. Um, yeah. I've seen that exact experience happen in that matchup is where they, they come down turn one and they throw the path down because they want to slow me down, but mm-hmm. then they can't, they struggle with it because then they can't star birth and they're short a card to get there going. And then I'm just like, all right, well, 
you know, I've still got four energies here, so I'm going to take a knockout. Thanks. Like, right. Right. So for me, um, I think the number one deck that I'm don't want to see where I'm scared, and I don't think it's going to be a huge meta share. Um, and that is, uh, the, the rapid strike and Teleon, uh, box, um, just yeah. don't feel like that is a really great matchup for me. Obviously, there are outs to it. Um, the strategy for me would be go first, set up fast, um, start taking out their octillaries uh, before they can set up um, or their, their remorades. Um, if I have to, I can boss kill um, one Inteleon because they do need to get the VMAX out there to start pinging damage. Um, another thing I can potentially play around to try to stay away from that low yoga loop range um, is switching carts. Uh, so save those early if I have to, um, to be able to do that. But the deck, the deck does feel like it's a bad, it's a bad matchup. If everything's equal, I'm hoping my consistency outperforms theirs, um, which, you know, obviously I think it's pretty apparent why the deck's not like played as high as percentages as it is. Cause it just doesn't set up sometimes. Uh, I've seen it, I've played against it in a couple um, challenges and cups where it just sat there and didn't set up. Uh, I had my way with it. And, you know, I'm hoping if I do see it, that happens. Uh, but the def the deck definitely scares me. Yeah, it does. I'm, I'm not too fond of seeing that on the other side of the table. Not even uh, at, playing in his lost box. is very scary um, just because everything is a very easy target for uh, the yoga loop play, which is what it's really like where it gets lost box in in my like in my eyes but uh i I just need to get a little bit more experience against it as chen pao uh because i think there's a way to play around that matchup um i do like the one thing i do i won't give it a positive i do like how the deck baits a manaphy but then manaphy is the easiest thing the yoga loop um so right because you need it for the urshifu and and whatnot but it's um and and i was just like in my head testing, it's just in in Chen Pao. I just don't even think you put the Manaphy down. Like uh, you quickly get to Backscalibur. That is that is the the key because after that, the ma- the rapid flow doesn't threaten knockout on anything. Mm-hmm. And and um, if you can set up faster in your you know in your Chen Pao matchup, um, Greninja is a great play because they don't typically play Manaphy themselves. Uh, so if you can take out the remorades before they become octillaries, yeah. um, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, that's what I like. Just uh, really going to emphasize the quick setup on that and quickly get to Backscalibur um, because it's going to take them longer to yoga loop anything. It's not going to not not I'm not saying it can't happen. It's going to mm-hmm. take, take longer. Uh, and hopefully by that time you can uh, because you have as a Chen Pao player the ability to blow up v maxes in one shot uh you can take two and win in only two attacks so for sure all right you have another one the deck to um, worry about that's on the rise not necessarily against your deck but just something that's good in the meta right now um uh, lugia is just on the rise and sometimes the the thing that lugia scares me and and the only reason lugia scares me is just because when it happens it just seems like a big giant ball you can't get out of right get out from behind it doesn't care Uh, about disruption cards really once it gets started uh yeah it's definitely a thing Um, for it so 
I, I, the only reason I worry about it is just seeing a lot of it. Like, um, I don't, that's one thing that I don't want to play multiple times. Um, honestly, if I'm like thinking of my matchups, I would love to play mirrors most of the time or even like lost box matchups or arc, uh, or even like those rapid strike box matchups or any kind of Arceus deck, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just Lugia. Well, I think I can play into that matchup pretty well. I just, I fear the big wrecking ball that I can't stop. That's all. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of things going good for it. Um, once it sets up, it's, it's actually really good matchups against basically everything that's in the meta. Um, typically you don't get things that one shot it. Um, and even when you do you, gift energy is such a powerful card. Uh, so you can get Iono gift energy. It doesn't matter. Um, they have to play around it. So they have to either boss rope you and, or Iono. It's just hard to do all of that at one turn. Um, so you're in a pretty good spot there. Um, as the Lugia player, the, the reason I'm off of it is exactly what happened. Um, for to me this last week, whereas like you set up, uh, you don't get a Lugia down on your first turn and you basically just lose, um, <laughs> especially with all the path that's out there. Um, and, you know, if they take damage beforehand, um, the deck is scary, um, but um, consistency issues a little bit. I mean, I still think the deck is on a rise, but it's definitely something that um as a lost block player, I feel uh, fearful with that Tyranitar being able to mill me and resources. Um, the thing is, you just keep an eye out on the, their resources and kind of see where they're at. Um, but yeah, the deck's scary. The deck's good. Uh, it's not unbeatable. Um, just definitely take it as I think any other deck you're playing against. It's it's definitely important to see where their energy resources are and um, how many they have left. All right, so I got one. one. I got one uh, that I'm worried about. Um, it's on the rise for sure since uh, Andrew Mahone made it super prevalent, and that is uh, Maridon Flaffy. The deck uh, sets up pretty consistently. You just need a Maridon out there. They have a full bench, <laughs> um, and then they can get a you know Raikou out. So they have turn one, um, you know, turn one threat ability where they can just take knockouts. Um, they set up pretty good. Uh, they're pretty beefy. Um, the problem with the deck is the mid-game consistency. I mean, I've played against it. I lost a couple weeks to Zach playing it. Very close sets. Um, I wouldn't say I would say for Lost Box, it's very 50-50. Um, it's definitely about managing resources and you know, maybe a little bit of praying that they hit miss a couple on their electric generators. Um, but I think a big matchup or a big part of that matchup is um the charms um the bravery charms because lost box has a way to deal with them um with well the turbo lost box at least um with three vacuums um where you can just like have a your raikou of your own take a take a knockout uh and then bravery charm on top of your raikou and then they can't really do much to it uh because they typically don't play um, vacuums on their own as well um at least the current builds that i've seen um, so it's a very interesting matchup, but um, it's one of those decks that doesn't matter if it goes first or second, because I feel like it just does what it wants to do. Um, and I think that's what's great about it is um, decks that don't mind if they go first or second. Those are the kind of decks that really draw me to them currently in the game right now. Yeah. 
there is a still it is good to just be able to still have a very effective game plan going second. Um, and there's definitely certain archetypes that feel like a step behind in, in the game when you're just going second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you have any more that you are maybe a little bit worried about or think there are decks that, um, you know, I'm, to keep I'm on, not necessarily keep worried about playing there's one more that I'm going to mention uh, that I'm worried about, and it's not because I'm worried about the matchup or knowing how to play against it or being able to beat it. It's just Gardevoir. I'm just I don't mm-hmm. like the time it takes to beat that deck. I agree That's with the that. only reason why I worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I had it on the other side of um, this category, so we'll talk about Gardevoir, I guess, <laughs> in that manner. But you are right. Um, you got to stay cognizant of time and they have a lot of decisions, but um, you just got to pace a play. Um, that's what kills this deck for the most part. Um, and I just don't feel like it, it, it takes too long to ramp up. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't even matter how long it takes you to ramp up because you're just not, don't need to hit hard. So I don't know. It feels like a, a weird spot. Um, the last deck that I want to talk about in a positive um, light something that I'm respecting is the straight Palkia list um, where there are Chen Pals in there but they're used for um, they're basically buckets they're basically buckets um, the deck feels where it's a little bit slower than Maridon Flappy to set up uh, but I feel like once it does um, it's in a better spot than Flappy's where it just um, you can chain attackers back to back to back to back um, it's just one of those tempo decks uh, it's really consistent um, and pretty good. Uh, so we'll see. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Palkia, um, you definitely need to take a look at, um, at least have a game plan against it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Palkia is a very, very good Pokemon that is still relevant in this meta. I guess I have one more, and we won't talk about it much because we've all known in about this deck for two years now is Mew. I don't think that Charizard will push Mew down at all. Uh, so I would say respect Mew and keep your Mutex in there if you have them, if you're yeah. debating. Or or you can be that crazy guy I saw, um, the, the crazy guy and put Mew and Charizard together. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. I mean, don't do that. But it is, I have seen uh, someone play that already. So For sure, for sure. All right, so Chuck, um, we're going to go on the other side of this uh, conversation here. What are some decks that you just want to see? You want to either farm them, you don't respect them, um, you just think they're in a really bad spot in the meta. Um, I, I don't have something that I don't that. This is the thing with with Chen Pao is that I I don't have anything that I just automatically win, but I don't think have anything that I just automatically lose. That's fair. In my opinion. That's fair. And, so, and that's why I'm a little bit on this this match, this this kind of why I'm on the deck a little bit because there's nothing that uh, I'm going to automatically lose to without playing poorly. Um, I would love to farm the mirror match though because they can be really quick games and um, it really I know the way around it. So I guess that that's just the uh, would love to keep hitting mirror. It's weirdly, I would like to hit mirrors or yeah, the mirror is not or, too bad. Uh, even 
even Palkia's, I guess that wouldn't be too too horrible. But yeah, okay. I have a few then since I'm a little bit more opinionated on these decks. Um, and the first one is Gardevoir. <laughs> I think that it's just a bad play for a bevy of reasons. Obviously, I think it takes the longest to set up and or play uh, to get you know your payoff to where you're trying to get to. Um, I just don't think it's in a good spot in the meta. I don't think it. Uh, I think there's too many things that are countering it. There's going to be a lot of path out there. Um, there's going to be a lot of you know decks that can take advantage of your little guys. Um, obviously, any kind of Chempao variant um, will play a Greninja. Forces you get a Manaphy out there. Sometimes you can whiff it um, and take multiple knockouts. Um, feel like it's just I don't know. Uh, you're trying to rely on candies and set up at the same time on your second turn, which is not always easy. I can, yeah, totally can get that. Um, so another one, I just absolutely don't respect the deck at all. I think it's just co- complete. I know you said B tier last week is Charizard. I mean, obviously. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I have another one because that is one that I also want to see. Yeah, that that deck. Uh, yeah, when it gets rolling, it's good. It, it's early game damage output, not so great. Um, it's setup, uh, not so great. It, it's reliance on uh, on rule box Pokemon, pretty heavy in most variants. I think right now, um, some of them are playing the barrels, but most of them are not. Uh, so Path of Peak really hurts it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't know it, in. I feel like Chen Pao can outmatch it with early game high numbers and late game high numbers. I feel like Lost Box can uh, manipulate the math when everything's uh, said and done. I think Tina, obviously, uh, path plus ability. I'm talking Lost Tina, path plus ability uh, or V-Star power um, for big KOs, then taking out Arceus's um, feels pretty good. Uh, Mew, I think, just outpaces it. Um, and doesn't care necessarily. I know there's weakness, but I, from people, I've not played the matchup, but from people that I've talked to that play Mew, um, that run into Charizard, they just say they out consistent it, uh, consistency it. So um, Mew, I think, is just a, a better deck um, overall. Charizard yeah, for, is not the final nail in the Mew's coffin. <laughs> for me too, I, I I've played this matchup a few a few times now, and the I would this is something that I could farm. Uh, the damage output. So I have the one that I, the beef of Charizard isn't affected um, by my deck. I can still one hit KO it. And Charizard's damage output, whether you're hitting with Charizard or Arceus, is bad math on all of my Pokemon. So um, even if I hit with uh, the like, if they get the Charizard up, I I you can use a if you play Pal, I play Palkia in mine. Palkia survives even if you've already taken up two prizes. It hits for right. Charizard only hits for two seventy, so it survives on one, and then you can just usually at that point uh, KO the Charizard right back. Um, RC if you're using Arceus, he doesn't even KO a Chen Pao if he wanted to, um, which then you can usually just take the Arceus right back. So that's where the math attack, like on the early attacks on Charizard, you even if you're attacking first, you're not taking a knockout. And uh, usually, even then, when you clean up that attack, 
Chen Pao just keeps going. Um, so one more archetype uh, that I do want to talk about that I think that is just not a good play. And that's really Arceus anything. Arceus Garatina, Arceus Friends, Arceus by itself. I just feel like uh, the deck has underperformed um, in the last few sets. And it just the staying power, although the V-Star power is super consistent and great, um, it's just crazy to think that that's just probably not good enough overall to keep up. Uh, the damage output's just not great enough, and I think there's plenty of good acceleration, no matter what other archetype you want to play, that you just don't need to play that deck. I agree. I think the popularity of uh, things that can hit 280 and over, uh, mostly because of like Chen Pao, and, and there's some other things, but the, the fact that there's the popularity of them are that high keeps that down. Like, you just can't not expected to see two or three of them maybe in a day and then that's too many losses at that point um and if, if you're getting one like a straight rcs deck in it or even like arctur or something like that if you're getting just one hit ko'd with ever whatever pokemon you're putting up that's not what the deck wants it wants to at least beef out some attacks for sure no i agree um yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good breakdown of you know what we potentially are going to see. Do you think there's any um, spicy decks that nobody sees coming out of left field um, this time around, or do you think we're going to stay pretty pretty consistent to maybe what we're seeing on Limitless on the top ten decks? Um, I think we're going to see pretty much what we're seeing. I think the spiciness. It, the, the spiciness will be in a lost box deck with something that we haven't seen in it. Like a like a turbo lost box, but instead of Raikou, it's some other Pokemon that no one saw coming. So Okay. Well, um you heard it here first, so you think that Turbo Lost Box is gonna be uh taking it for a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us, Chuck, unless you have any last minute comments going into Pittsburgh. Uh, no, no more comments. I think we reached time in the round. So, yes, <laughs> we certainly have. Uh, referring to uh, the last uh, time in round before uh, testing is up. Uh, but yeah, we're there. Um, excited. Can't wait. Uh, see you guys there. If you do see Chuck or myself or anybody else wearing a Team Sports Car Junction uh, jersey, please, please, please stop and say hi. Uh, let us know what you think. Um, you know, hopefully it's something good. But if not, say hey, I'm taking you down or something to that effect. Um, yeah, we're 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 here for you guys. Um, enjoy doing this podcast every week, um, and it's those interactions that really kind of um, yeah, make it worthwhile. Yeah, I'd love to hear you. And you know what? You want to challenge? I'll take anyone on in a game of Pokemon, whatever you want to play. I'm, I'm, I'm in. You want to challenge me as long as the tournament's not still going on, obviously. But for sure, yeah. for sure. All right, Chuck. I think that's gonna do it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to us till the end. Um, and that's gonna do it for another episode of Triple P. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? 
Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.